Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where one of us has listened to this album, given it to the other one to listen to, and we're here to reconvene and talk about it. And hopefully the other one liked it, but that's not always been the case in the past. I am Brant, and I am here with my friend Scott. Scott, hello. Hello, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, the yeah. motto of this show, as you know, is we're going to manage in our pre-show We're going to manage. <laughs> I have a bit of a back injury that I'm dealing with, so we're just yeah. all torn up. Your angle doesn't work, my back doesn't work. and Yeah, we're a mess. This is like our retirement tour, I guess. Just <laughs> this is what we're going to be like in 50 years. We'll be like, well, today the back hurts and the ankle hurt yesterday. Got to shut I it down. feel it in just, my elbow. <laughs> I'm going to be podcasting from an iron lung. <laughs> I like it. Well, today, well, I mean, I was going to try to segue from iron lung into today's album, but I don't exactly know how to do that. So I'm just going to just say uh-huh. today's album is... <laughs> The self-titled debut album from the band Devil Driver, the album Devil Driver, one word, no spaces, Devil Driver. So I'm going to run through some background of the band here. You inter- intercept, intercede, interject. interject, interject is what I was looking for. You interject we'll wherever you find necessary. <laughs> we'll manage. Devil Driver is an American heavy metal band from Santa Barbara, California. Yep, that that's exactly what they sound like. Formed in 2002 by... <laughs> By vocalist Des Fafara. Fafara? That's fun to say. And then, parenthetically, the only remaining original member today. You know what? Funnily enough, that's the only thing I don't mind about bands moving on is the singer staying the same. Like, I know we've talked about it before, and, like, I hate it when bands go on without the singer. But the opposite way, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, they can do that. Because the, the guy, it is the sound, it is the most sound of a band. Yeah, the vocals are, like the most unique part of a band normally yeah and then most of the time the vocalist is the lyricist as well so you get the same kind of themes throughout songs des hosted several barbecues where he would jam with musicians that he met that was how this band was formed i like it that's that's so that's fantastic like hey man uh grilling up some burgers you play the drums (laughs) 
<laughs> Guitarist Evan Pitt met Dez at a restaurant, gave him his number for a jam session, while John Baiklin, who originally played second guitar and then transitioned to drums, met Dez at a bar. That's funny because like you hear about bands that like, oh, we met in high school and just started jamming because we were the only punks in high school and blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you start a band as an adult? I guess this is where I have to interject and say that Dez Fafara was in a very successful band prior to Devil Driver. Oh, was he? Okay. He was the lead singer and creator of Coal Chamber. Oh, dang. Okay. Even if you did not listen to Coal Chamber, I'm sure you're just aware of them even... Yeah, I, the, I know of their presence in the music yeah. scene because they came out like along with the other first wave of new metal bands. Like they were present with with Corn and and like I, I hate saying it, but Deftones. Yes, was Fear Factory in that that era as well? Fear, I think Fear Factory was doing some more industrial shit. I don't think okay. they necessarily hit that new metal wave with the rest of them. Sure. They were always way more industrial, I think. I think. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. I never listened to Fear Factory either. But yeah, I, I never got into Cold Chamber, never got into Fear Factory. But And I teased at the end of like the last episode about how it's going to be interesting to see how you go into this and then moving on to something else, because I will eventually bring you a Cold Chamber record. Sure. So it, it's going to be interesting to hear... Because I obviously I know Devil Driver from going from Cold Chamber. I know Cold Chamber evolving right. into Devil Driver essentially. Whereas you yeah. will know Devil Driver, you'll know Dez from Devil Driver, and then going backwards, it'll be a really different experience. I think. Yeah, that'd be strange. Was uh, was Cold Chamber the the Ice Cream Man band? Yes. Yes. Okay. But this is not a Cold Chamber episode, so we're still here to talk about Devil Driver. So. <laughs> The band, originally known as Death Ride, but later changed to Devil Driver because Fafara felt that there were too many bands with that name. There was a band in Norfolk, Virginia. There was a bicycle racing team. And their label, Roadrunner Records, could not secure copyright for Death Ride. Oh, wow. Okay. The band then compiled a list of 200 names. Whoa. Possible band names. Wow. But apparently it didn't matter because Dez's wife had a book by the Italian witchcraft author Raven Grimassi that contained the term devil driver, which refers to the bells Italian witches use to drive away evil spirits. Wow. Okay. And Des just immediately felt like this is it. That's exactly That's it. what we need. Yeah. I don't care about your 200 names that you came up with bassist. Yes. yes. <laughs> My wife says this is a cool name. The band's logo, the Cross of Confusion, which has existed for thousands of years, refers to questioning religion, question authority, and question everything around you. So that that symbol that they use for their logo has it's been a logo previous to the band. Yeah, it's like a T with a U under it, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's a cross with a U under it, yeah. And it basically just stands for question religion, question authority, question everything around you. Cool. The album was originally going to be called 13, spelled out, not the number. Okay. And and then straight to hell. But Fafara claims that he changed it for, quote, so many reasons that I can't even go into. <laughs> He's like, nope. no, no. <laughs> yeah, so wh- whatever. I mean, at this point, this isn't a guy, like, even though it's this band's debut album, I mean, the guy has put out three or four albums before this. So, like, he knows cool. how the... Yeah, in cool so he knows how it works. Yeah, he knows how the yeah, business yeah. works and just went with it. 
Dez or Bradley James Fafara took the name Dez, the nickname Dez, in honor of Dez Kandena, vocalist and guitarist for Black Flag and an early influence on Dez. Gotcha. So big Black Flag fan. I too am a Black Flag fan. I, I had considered getting their logo tattooed on me before. There's so many different versions of Black Flag. I think everybody mm-hmm. could be a Black Flag fan. They just have to find the version that they want. I am a My War Black Flag fan. That's my favorite record of theirs. I'm, I'm a big Henry Rollins guy. <laughs> so Henry Rollins I love, was the singer on that. <laughs> I, love, I love all the Henry Rollins Black Flag. And then I do love some of the more hardcore-esque stuff because they weren't as hardcore when Henry was there. I mean, like, I guess personality wise they were but music wise it was more toned down and more groove based i don't know maybe i'm out of line (laughs) (laughs) it's all right we're allowed to be out of line this is our podcast two quick little well i guess it's just kind of one fun fact here but dez's father tiger fafara tiger and his late uncle stanley fafara they were child actors on the sitcom leave it to beaver no way yeah so his dad and his uncle Showed up as child actors in Leave It to That's Me. That's so funny. The album Devil Driver was released October 28th, 2003. So I got a list here of some other albums released in October 2003. <laughs> this is my favorite part of our podcast. October 7th was a huge week for record releases. I think I have nine on October Whoa. 7th alone. Wow. Awesome. First one I have from October 7th, 2003 is Death Cab for Cuties Transatlanticism. Okay. Yeah. Transatlanticism. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to get there. It didn't really. You're good. My mouth didn't no. work the way it needed to. Emily and I like Death Cab. We haven't listened to them in a while, but they're uh, they're pretty solid. Have you ever listened to Death Cab? Uh, I had an ex girlfriend who was very to Death Cab, and then okay. like her ringback tone was Death Cab. Okay. Like when that was a thing, <laughs> like when you would yeah. call it would play a song. Yeah. yeah. It just I don't I don't I I never really got into them heavy like i knew they existed and i knew i knew a few songs but i never got into them yeah they're they're very much on the softer side of things in my head death cab and dashboard confessional are kind of like hand in hand with each other like they're both bands that i'm aware of that i know of that i didn't listen to sure in the same genre in my head at least uh, also october 7th we have coheed and cambria is in keeping secrets of silent earth three man I love that band so much. <laughs> what about that record? For real, for real. Uh, any record of theirs. Uh, yeah, no, that was... Um, Why are their titles, their albums always so long? <laughs> they're very uh, story-based in their music. And I think that kind of lends to like having their records be like movie titles almost long movie titles not just movie titles long movie titles long movie yes a favorite house atlantic is on that record and blood red summer yeah yeah this is a great freaking record dude i'm telling you oh three oh three was a time when a lot of shit was coming out i might give this record to you eventually but there's a couple really long fucking songs on it (laughs) you don't want to hear me i know but yeah, no, I love Coheed. They're they're amazing friggin' band. Amazing. I was aware of your love. That's the one of the reasons it made this list. Yeah. A one-two punch here for October 7th of things I was listening to, which kind of shows you where I might have been. Uh, <laughs> October, October 7th still, we have Ludicrous Chicken and Beer. 
which is oh, a that's a album. good one. That's so good. And then also October seventh, an album that you may get at some point because I believe you said you only listened to one of these guys' records. Static X's Shadow Zone. Yeah, I only listened to the first the first Static X record. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. When did Wayne Static die? Like 2015. Okay. Yeah. I uh, Man, I remember Wisconsin Death Trip. Wasn't that the name of it? Was that? Wisconsin Death Trip was the first one. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I listened to. And then I remember seeing an album cover of the logo, like outlined in neon blue, maybe. I might be wrong. But yeah, I never, I never listened to another one. I don't know why. They got different after Wisconsin Death Trip, but they were definitely still Static X. So it'll be did, interesting. Did they get more industrial it. sounding? In a couple. And then okay. in other ones, they get kind of more techno sounding. And that other Maybe ones. Maybe that's it's why. In, it, I don't know. There's a like their industrial side was it was. But it was also like how I talk about Wormwood, the Acacia Strain record. It was so produced to the to the T. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't th- throw me away. Like I, I never got into Fear Factory because I was never super into the industrial stuff. Yeah, I've never been either. Two more for October 7th. And I only added these two because I don't know if we've touched on either of these before. Um, October 7th. Well, I know we've touched on them. RZA put out Birth of a Prince. Okay, I don't know that one. I do not either. And then October 7th, a band that I think this is one of those bands that I'm always unsure of how to tell people I like them because oh, no. this this band doesn't like necessarily fit their their identity doesn't fit what i think they are like what other sure. people assume them to be seven dust the record oh, seasons no i like them too I, I never got heavy into them but i've listened to a few uh a, a few songs i don't know that i've listened to a full record maybe the one of the first ones but i dug them i thought they were pretty rad they got lumped into that group of like weird, like puddle of mud bands at a certain time. Yeah, but they weren't. I no, feel like they weren't I agree. Like them at all. Yeah, they were not. They were not at all. I saw them live, ironically enough, with Puddle of Mud. Last one for October. Nope, never mind. Still two more for October seventh. That's how many of these <laughs> records. October seventh was a good week. Because I mentioned the RZA record, I had to mention this one. Capadonna put out the struggle. Okay. Ever listen to a Capadonna solo record? Nope. And then the true, I mean, better than the RZA record, better than the Capadonna record, better than the Luda record. The best no. hip hop record that came out October 7th is Macho Man Randy Savage's Be a Man. No. <laughs> Where that was he, a record? He Jesus. Put out a rap record. No. And in it, he calls Hogan a pussy a bunch of times. <laughs> It's 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 almost unlistenable, but it's oh, also great. Like, it's so terrible. bad, great. Oh God! Anybody to go even just go to YouTube and listen to a track from the Macho Man Randy Savage rap record. Be a man because it oh, is God. something to behold. Even the album cover is insane. Like it's him is holding it? a chain wearing black. It's insane. No. Oh man. Oh, so no, I lied. There is still another October seventh. This band, I I think I listened to this record and never listened to them again. Fireball Ministry put out the Second Great Awakening. I've never heard of them. I don't know why I listened to this record, and I don't know why I never listened to any more. But I know I right. listened to this record. Huh. Okay. Moving on to the next week, October thirteenth, we have <laughs> Funeral for a Friend, 
casually dressed and deep in conversation. Yes. What a good record. What a fantastic band. I love those dudes. We mentioned it before, but my graduation song was a funeral for a friend song. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Next, October 14th, shout out to Lace. We have the Distillers with Coral Fang. I never got into the Distillers. It's not because I don't like them. It was the whole Tim Armstrong uh, divorce. And you whatnot. just you, you chose I took Tim's like you were a child in the divorce. 100%. Like, I'm going to say dad's house. When Indestructible came out, I was all on Tim's side. You said, I'm done. I'm, I don't want to talk yeah. to you anymore, mom. You go have fun <laughs> with your band. The Distillers. 100%. I had a poster with Brody Dale on my wall forever. Loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. Next up, October 14th. I know you've listened to it. Trivium's Ember to Inferno. Yeah. Trivium's just so technically good. Like in like every record they put out that, uh, yeah, I love those dudes. They have four or five records that I just absolutely love. And the last one that they put out in the Court of the Dragon, like just brought them back to me. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, love those guys. Next up, October 20th, Amy Winehouse put out Frank. I don't know anything about her. Like, don't I, I know what was publicized about her, and I know that one track, Rehab, I think that yeah. was her. Um, that, was, that was a huge hit. That's all I know of her. I may have to bring you a record at some point. I, I, I like I Amy Winehouse. opposed to it, yeah. I think she's extremely talented, but at the same time, I don't, I don't have like that much personal invested into her to that. I know that, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'd be yeah. able to care enough. She came out at a time where there were a lot of females doing that old style singing like her and even Adele was coming out at that time. And then there was another girl. I think her name was Duffy. There was one more. I can't remember her name, but I, I gravitated towards Adele because she is phenomenal. Powerhouse. Yeah. October 21st, we have The Shins, Shoots Too Narrow. I never listened to them. Are they like a garage rock band? I don't know. I, I hear them all the time. Like, I hear about them. I hear them mentioned, but I've never listened to The Shins. Yeah, I've never listened to them either. Also, October 21st, Between the Buried and Me, The Silent Circus. I get confused on whether I've listened to Between the Buried and Me or not. I feel like I haven't listened to a full record of theirs. I know I have, but I don't know if it says anything about the record that it's kind of completely forgettable to me. Like, okay. I, they didn't, not stuck with me, I guess. Sure. But I know, yeah. I, I know I listened to at least probably two. I think I, when I think of Between the Buried and Me, I think I get them confused with Bring Me the Horizon. See, I think of Every Time I Die. Those two are, or no, 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 no. I think of Dillinger Escape Plan. That's what I think. Sure. Of. I okay. think of those bands together. Obviously, I know who Bring Me the Horizon is, but I think when I hear the name Between the Buried and Me, my head goes there, and then I'm just like, oh, no, that's not them. I don't know Between the Buried and Me. You know, like, that's just my train of thought. October 21st, little teaser here for a uh, future episode you'll end up hearing. Anti-Flags, The Terror State. Mm. Yes, you will hear a future episode about not just that record specifically. Correct. Uh, October 28th, <laughs> another band, much like The Shins, that I've heard a lot about but never listened to, The Strokes, Room on Fire. I, I've heard a little bit from them. I think I might have downloaded room on fire, but I don't think I ever listened to it like 
actively. And then it never grabbed a hold of me enough for me to be like, yeah, I love that record. But they were com- like, that was the thing. Like, th- that was like that garage rock was coming out pretty heavy at the time. Like that genre. Which now, like with my love of R.E.M., I wonder if I could go back and like those bands. Oh, yeah, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Other other than, well, probably the Anti-Flag record and other than the Ludacris record, probably the only other record on this list that we both were listening to at at this time. October 28th, we have Hate Breeds, The Rise of Brutality. Oh, 100%. Those dudes are amazing. I keep saying that like for like five bands that you just mentioned, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey Breed. Yeah. I love that band. Love that band. Jamie Josta. He's just a cool guy. And I think when you find out that somebody in a band is just like a regular down to earth kind of cool guy, it it levels them up for me. You give off kind of Jamie Josta vibes to me. Like I can see you being like Jamie Josta vibes. Yeah. Like, cause you're laid back, but then you're also intense, like behind your eyes. sometimes. Sure. <laughs> he has he has a much better uh he has a much better mental attitude than me. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he's very he's very into PMA and I'm very not. Like I wish I could be. I've always been a Hatebreed fan. There was even that time where for like three or four years where people were just clowning on Hatebreed all the time, saying that they put the same record out and everything and I I hated those people. I, I still like it. Like I still even if it was the same record, I still liked yeah. it. Like whatever. Well, that, that was always my argument. They were like, Oh, it's the same record coming out. I was like, Yeah, but it's a fantastic fucking record. So keep putting it out. <laughs> October twenty eighth, forty below summer, put out the morning after. I've never heard of that band ever. That's very interesting. So that is actually gonna go on the list. Because oh, that'll okay. be one of that'll be one of those dark horses where I don't know what to give you. And then <laughs> right, like, gotcha. oh, we're gonna summer because there's a few really interesting stuff from them. Okay, really yeah, interesting. No, I don't think I've ever even heard that name before. Like my mind went boy band when you said that. Yeah, they're definitely not a boy band. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna look up and see what their genre says they are because I don't okay. know if I can place it right now. Oh wow, okay. Summer. Uh, it just says American metal band. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. Yeah, when you when you said the name, I automatically went ninety eight degrees. So uh, it's definitely be... <laughs> definitely not that. I could promise you. <laughs> okay. So then, moving on to the Billboard charts of the week after this record came out. So we have the week of November first, two thousand three. Billboard two hundred. So the albums that were selling. Number five, the movie album by Barbara Streisand. Whoa! Yeah, two thousand three. Yeah. Well, okay. Go, Barbara yeah, Streisand. Good. Number five. Good Shit. Good for her. Yeah. At number four, Speaker Box, Love Below, Outcast. Oh God! See, I always like go back and forth on whether I love that record or like I wish it was different. I wish it was two records. I wish it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but then they'd be solo records. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I and would. Then, yeah. See, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I without knowing it at the time, if you told me, "Oh, there's this new big boy record coming out," I'd be like, uh, "The restaurant chain is putting out records now." So, with with it being under the Outcast name, to me, when you listen to it, being a whole album guy, I have to listen to it from the number one track. So then I get through yeah. the speaker box. 
and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't need to listen. Like, I, I'm all right. And it's and they're so wildly different too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it just shows how what Outcast has done. Like, that's something that yeah. nobody else would have done is put those two records out simultaneously, connected. Right. Yeah. For sure. Number three, we have a hard by Jagged Edge. Nope. Is Jagged uh, Edge R&B. like R and B? Right. Yeah. I don't think at the time I was uh, like I was big into '90s R&B, and then a- after the '90s, I kind of dropped out. Jagged Edge is one of them that had a few songs that made it through to me. Like I like a few Jagged Edge songs, but I've never once even uh, even thought about listening to a whole record. <laughs> number two, the aforementioned "Chicken and Beer" by Ludacris. It wasn't number one. Uh, it might have been at some point. That record is. So good. Uh, no, and then number one, we have Measure of a Man, Clay Aiken. Oh, no. I believe we've talked about American Idol winners on this podcast before. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it doesn't end up well, except for Kelly Clarkson. But apparently Clay, Clay Aiken. But he didn't win. Record. He didn't win. Yeah. Ruben right. Stutter Ruben. won that, that season, right? I guess. I, I think. Yeah. I, I, if I'm being 100% honest, I never once watched a full season. I It was just so in the zeitgeist that I knew yeah. like the first three seasons. I watched like the first one all the way through because we didn't know what it was. And then after that, yeah, I kind of I definitely fell off. We didn't watch it. But um, I knew who ended up winning because like you said, it was so ingrained in everything at the time. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like... After Kelly Clarkson won and became huge, after that, only the second place person became huge. Like, I feel like none of the winners went on to do anything. I don't know if uh, Jennifer Hudson won because she. Oh, yeah, that's right. 100% huge star, like without a doubt. You can't doubt her at all. Uh, A couple more random ones out of the top five for this Billboard 200 at number nine. Hillary Duff had a number nine record on Billboard wow. 200 with Metamorphosis. Well, good for her. I mean, I never listened to her and I never watched her show or anything like that. But good for her. I know she she had a she had a rough time there for a little bit, right? I own her Christmas record on vinyl for nobody's <laughs> enjoyment at all. Like, I don't even know if I enjoy the whole thing, but I bought it. It's Christmas, and I'm sure it was pretty inexpensive. You'd be surprised because it was from Urban Outfitters. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you paid like $30 for that thing. <laughs> it's a double LP, so it may have been a little more. Than oh, that. shit. It was 50 <laughs> I mean, it was on sale, so I got a sale, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I put it this way. I, I wanted it for less, but <laughs> apparently needed it. I don't know. Right. Number 14 had to be mentioned because it's in the kind of the bio of our show like the, when oh, when our no. show is explained in the tagline i had to mention oh, results no. may vary i limp biscuit was that even a right reg- like i guess if it yeah. was number what'd you say number 14 14 i didn't even know that was a record you didn't know results may vary was a record so what did you think our bio meant you didn't know or no i didn't know the only limp biscuit records i knew of was was a three dollar bill y'all and uh, well, there there was the one in between that wasn't Nookie on uh, significant other. Oh yeah, yeah, and then chocolate starfish, and that's where I thought they ended. Like I thought that was it. 
So you thought that I just mentioned Limp Biscuit randomly in our bio. It wasn't because yeah. do, you, do you understand it now? Because I say that we both listen to records the other person listened to and results may vary. And then like Limp Biscuit may or may not be involved is the joke there. Totally didn't get that joke. You I thought like, I was okay. shoehorning in Limp Biscuit. Totally did. Amazing. That's that's <laughs> one of the greatest things I've ever heard. That's one of I the greatest just, things I've ever heard. I just let you do your part and I do my part and that's it. That's that's incredible. I, I love every <laughs> bit of that. Speaking of which, I don't even really like that results may vary record. There's a couple tracks on it, but it's it's fine. It's it's okay. Yeah. Nah, it's Limp Biscuit. I don't need to touch it. Uh, number 18 on the Billboard 200 week of November 1st, 2003 is Away from the Sun by Three Doors Down. I know it. Did I think that Three Doors Down was Third Eyed Blind when I wrote this down? Sure of did. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> sure did. And I know you're I know you're a Third Eyed Blind fan. That's the only reason I wrote this down. I do like Third Eyed Blind. Three Doors Down is decent, like radio friendly rock. Uh, I think Away from the Sun was a pretty all right record, if I remember correctly. Number 29, last one I have for the Billboard 200 week of November 1st, 2003, Meteora, Lincoln Park. Yes, it should have been higher forever. So let's move on to the Hot 100 week of November 1st, 2003. These songs are what we're banging up the charts. Number five, Shake Your Tail Feather, Nelly P. Diddy, and couldn't told you this guy was on this track for a million dollars, Murphy Lee. Don't even know who that is. Murphy Lee was part of the uh, part of uh, Nelly's crew. Yeah, I he was a Saint Lunatic. Yeah, he was a Saint Lunatic. Yeah, couldn't have told you that for a million dollars. I couldn't give you one other name of a Saint Lunatic. I, I could have given you Murphy Lee, but that's that's it. That's all I know. Number four, the song "Damn" with an exclamation point by Young Bloods featuring Lil John. Okay. Nope. So Lil John burning up the charts. There he is. Speaking of them, number three, Get Low. Lil John and the East Side Boys featuring the Yin Yang Twins. Yeah, I remember that track. So let's just take a moment to realize in November 1st, 2001, Lil John was making some money. Lil John was in his heyday. Number three and number four on the Hot 100, he was doing all right. Yeah, he was okay. Uh, also, that's not saying that like those plays made him money, but like by having those plays, he was known and made money from shows and things. Because oh, as yeah. we know, the music industry not nice to to artists for actually selling their music unless it's in r- ridiculous amounts. Yeah. Number two, the single from Chicken and Beer, "Stand Up," ludicrous. Yep. And then number one, and we've talked about him before. This guy's a chart killer, even though he's only a feature on this song, apparently. Baby Boy, Beyonce featuring Sean DePaul. Oh, jeez. He just yeah, keeps popping uh, up. He does. He just keeps popping up. He's everywhere. He does. I have never listened to a Beyonce project either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love her singles, but I don't know if I, I've listened to a, like one or two full records, but I don't know if I've ever dove heavy into her discography, but I love her singles. I've, I've loved it. Maybe every single she's ever put out. It's weird. It's really weird. All I know is the to the left, to the left, everything <laughs> in a box to the left. That's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, a <laughs> couple. I thought this was a fun one from the Hot 100. Number seven and number eight were both chingy. Whoa. What? Seven was Holiday Inn and eight was right there. Wow. That's impressive. And then just a fun one. Number 28, uh, Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, I never got into those guys, but uh, that that song was pretty pretty humorous. So that's all I have for the Hot 100 for the albums that came out week of or yeah the week that the Devil Driver self title came out. Devil Driver self titled Devil Driver is twelve tracks, forty one minutes, thirteen seconds. Let's get into it, Scott. Let's do it. Uh, first track up is Nothing's Wrong. The first single. This was a single. This was a single. Okay, then my notes kind of make sense. Uh, it says, these dudes sound like they would fit perfectly on an Ozfest bill. Like, pretty solid heavy metal. Like, it, it sounds like it should be a single. But this song, when I, after I gave this to you, because I haven't listened to this in a while. Uh, after mm-hmm. I gave it to you, when I was listening to this, I realized even just this first track, how different this first track is than a lot of the rest of this record. The record varies. Yeah. And I feel like it varies in influences as well. I just feel if this whole record was this first track, you would not be in a, I mean, I'm not guessing where you're at, but you wouldn't mm. be in a good mindset if this was the whole thing. Like this, just the vocal this, styling, not quite up your alley. We'll, we'll get to some of that later on but it rides a line for me okay (laughs) all right well second track is i could care less first off isn't the saying i couldn't care less listen i have thought that (laughs) from the very beginning where like this track caused me to have a moment where i was like that doesn't make sense but then i thought like is that the saying i've heard people say it like that I know, and but like people say it wrong. Like, yeah, like, I could care less implies that you actually could care less. Yeah, I couldn't care less means I don't give a shit. Yeah, this this song basically says I care. Like, that's basically what it means. Yeah, yeah it can. Yeah, it confused me. Uh, this track kind of reminds me of Disturbed with a little mix of Godsmack, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love the little high pitched riff running throughout the track though. I feel like neither of them are as heavy as this though. Like even on their heaviest days. Yeah, no, I agree. It's more vocal stylings that like musically, this record is heavier than any of the bands I will mention. Yeah. Vocally, his tone and his style just starts reminding me of different bands that I'm like, eh, with. Which is, which is interesting because Dez has always used his voice as an instrument. Sure. Especially on Cold Chamber. Like, you could lay down any of Cold Chamber's, like, m- songs, and without mm-hmm. what Dez is doing, it's just kind of, like, there. And I think a lot of this is the same. Like, he's just, he because it's his first record outside of Cold Chamber, He's still kind of doing some of that stuff because this record is actually in comparison to other devil driver records, it's much simpler musically. And then he Mm. sings in a different style on this than the rest of the devil driver records. Okay. It makes me wonder if I'd like other devil driver records better than this is like the, the jumping stone. What's the phrase I'm looking for where there's like a stone step. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, couldn't figure that one out. This is we'll manage. We're gonna manage. We'll manage. Yeah, this record is like the stepping stone, I think, b- between Cold Chamber and Devil Driver. But okay, this is definitely way, way more metal influenced than Cold Chamber was. Okay, track three, we have Die and Die Now. 
I'm not entirely sure we needed this last hate song. It wasn't that great. The lines about being a dog don't really do it for me. Honestly, I'm the dog this... that forever fights back, forever on attack. Come on. Yeah, That's but sick. But you don't have to repeat it 37 times. Like, That's I, I the get it, bro. Way, brother. That's the <laughs> dead <laughs> wedding. Okay. Honestly, this song isn't that hateful. Like, it's, it's not. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's generic we just, hate. We just came a, 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 from a song where he said, I care. So you can't go super, you know, hateful <laughs> with it after he just said, I care. Right. No, it, it definitely wasn't the last great hate song that I've heard. All right, moving on to track number four. <laughs> oh, also, I, I also have to point out, I Could Care Less was the second single. Was it? Okay. Yeah, so the first two songs were two singles. Fourth track, I Dreamed I Died. This one gives me heavy Rob Zombie vibes. Maybe more white zombie era, but I like the breakdown part toward the end. So musically, musically I'm enjoying this. His vocals and lyrics aren't really doing it for me throughout the throughout. Man, the record does so much. I love yeah. Des so much. I might appreciate either either end of Dez's spectrum. Okay. Like this just feels like to me, like when I said like he sounds like disturbed, he sounded like Godsmack, he sounded like Rob Zombie. It sounds like he's trying too hard to be mainstream heavy metal type stuff. So maybe I would like Cold Chamber more, or even later on Devil Driver, where he's kind of found his own groove. But right now, if it sounds like he is throwing everything at it just to see what sticks. But also like a guy like we talked about been in the business. So yeah. like is aware of how it works, I guess you could say. That's like what I'm aware. saying. Like, I know Cold Chamber had some recognition for what they were. Mm-hmm. Obviously not as big as other bands in the same era. You know, Corn was huge. Cold Chamber was pretty big. So I feel like he's trying to, like I said, I, I, I haven't listened to Cold Chamber, so I don't really know, but maybe he's like trying to yeah. tone it down for more mainstream heavy music to get a bit higher recognition at this point. See, I always just took it as, because Cold Chamber was successful, I just took it as he wants to play metal. And this was just sure. that, that thread that connected it. L- like you said, it, from what I'm hearing, you may mm. very well enjoy the other Devil Driver much more because I think it's okay. also much more metal driven. Like there's not as much Cold Chamber remnants, I guess you could say in it. I don't hate this. I don't hate this. <laughs> yes. It yeah. just it's too much in the time and too much generic sounding for me. Yeah, I also was just looking up when Godsmack's big record came out, which was 2000, mm-hmm. which was re- three years earlier. Yeah. And then Disturbed's big record was the year prior to this. Okay. So, yeah. I so, so for me, this is like a definite like time where this yes. sound is all over the place. Cause that first Godsmack record was gigantic. That big disturbed record was huge and all over the place. You couldn't walk through any kind of store without hearing. Wah! It drove me Ooh, nuts. That, actually, that might've been on the 2000 record also. Down okay. for the sickness. Cause I think Oh two was that believe record with, it was red with like the pentagram or whatever their logo. Oh, was yeah, okay. Yeah. But the, the white zombie sounding of, uh, I dreamed I died 
sounded better to me than the other stuff. Okay. Track number five, Cry For Me Sky, Eulogy of the Scorned. Uh, I'm really digging this track. I feel like okay. so far this is the most original sounding song on the record. So yeah, what you're saying could be right. He may have been influenced by hearing that other shit and he was just like, I'm going to see what I can do and just worked on finding what he wanted to do. Yeah. Because like, let's be honest, after Cold Chamber puts those records out and then mm-hmm. they just essentially signed Dez, you would think, to Roadrunner to put this out. He probably yeah. they probably just said, make a record like yeah. just make a record. You're fine. And then he didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, oh, no, like, I, uh, what what got big in the last couple years let's do it and then sprinkled throughout this record there's a couple tracks that are just like these ones are the ones i i i man i love i when i say that this is one of my favorite like quote-unquote metal records of all time i love mm. this record like every okay i think this i think the i think the record gets a little slow towards the end yeah for me but honestly sure. the first 10 tracks to me like how does <laughs> every one of them is just a banger to me gotcha. uh, also I, I skipped it when we were talking about it i could care less when i had the cd at first it wasn't mm-hmm. the official cd it was burnt and it just said devil driver written on the cd so i didn't have sure. a cd book i didn't know any lyrics mm-hmm. i thought i could care less was hydrochemist hydrochemist i love you know what i would like that so much better <laughs> and i don't know what i didn't know what it meant but i was singing along hydrochemist hydrochemist i love it that would be so much better because <laughs> i went into it looking at the title and being like no that's not that's not right <laughs> yes and then yes. i heard the song and i was like it's still not right so then moving on to the sixth track halfway through this record the mountain yeah, a riff fest of a beginning. Nothing much to say about it except it goes really hard, and then that ending was pretty great. This is the one that I was singing to myself after I gave you the record last week. Oh, okay. This was this was the track. This one <laughs> That's... really gets me. I love this track. Next up, track seven, Knee Deep. Uh, I love the whispered for this at the beginning. Uh, the parts where the vocalist stops harsh vocalizing and just talks reminds me of Slipknot a little bit. So a little bit of that influence maybe coming in. So maybe a bit of that going in because Slipknot was so huge. Yeah, just pulling all... This is one of those things, like not knowing that it was Cold Chamber. I thought this was... uh, Not knowing that Des was from Cold Chamber. I thought this was like a brand new band coming out and then just didn't know where they wanted to go. Yeah, that's fair. That's 100% fair. Yeah. It was a really wild time in like quote unquote heavy music though, because new metal was still happening. Yeah. And other things were starting to invade. Industrial was still get was still fairly big. Like it was a weird time for metal in 03. Oh, like for really sure. Weird time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up we have, what does it take to be a man? I feel this song as a man, husband and father. I get this. Great guitar solo break and the drums sound fantastic on this one. The song's really, really good. Next up, track nine, Swinging the Dead. Is this like a metal scene dance track? Uh, I could see this jamming out during like the parents' dance party in the movie Hocus Pocus. It could make my Halloween playlist for sure. 
It didn't quite make Hocus Pocus, but it did appear in a movie. Did it? It was featured in Freddy vs. Jason. Was it? Yes, it I was. need to go back and watch that. I was actually a pretty big fan of that movie. I'm, I love that movie. I always have. I don't care how campy it is. I don't care. I love that movie. Well, that's the point of it. Like, it's supposed to be campy. That's why I loved it, too. Yes. Uh, the one thing about this song is it always did seem like a... Even before we knew what a meme was, like, it seemed like a meme song almost to me. Right, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. But, like, uh, my friend Tim, rest in peace, brother, he... Uh, one day he pulled this up. He goes, he goes, listen. And then he just played the song. And I was like, I showed you this song. And then he was like, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. That riff is insane. He's like, listen, to that. who, how would you think of this riff? It's, it's, it's great. Listen to that. Listen how good that riff is. And he loved this riff. I still don't know what the big deal about it was. I don't, but he, for some reason, That's he awesome. loved, he's like, he's like, I sat in my room the other day and just played this riff for like four hours. I said, you're a wild dude. You're a wild dude. That's super cool. So every time I think of Swing of the Dead, I think of him. And him. It is it is kind of a meme song, but I, yeah. I still I still love the track. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it too. Next up, we have track 10, Revelation Machine. Another song with heavy white zombie vibes. Not in a bad way, but it definitely kind of puts this record in a specific time for me. So, like I've been saying, like it's very early two thousands, like timestamp on it. Maybe it is to me too, and I just love it. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't know because I I do, man. Like listening to this this week, I was just like, I love this. Record. <laughs> I love this record. After this record, did you go on to listen to more Devil Driver? Like, are you current with Devil Driver? That's the thing. I listened to their next record, uh, Fury of Our Maker's Hand. Mm-hmm. And then I think I listened to the one after it, uh, uh, Absolve All Enemies, or uh, there's an I can see an there's an owl on the cover. Like, okay. I know that there's an owl on the cover. Give me a second. I need to find out what it is. Though. No, you're good. Oh, no, I didn't listen. Oh, no, I listened to their next three because Fury of okay. Breaker's Hand was next. Last Kind Words was after that. Uh, Pray for Villains was 09. And that's the one with the owl on the cover. Okay, I lied. I listened to their 2011 record too, Beast. <laughs> so I listened to four more, and okay. then I, I I fell off. Maybe I just wasn't downloading music because then that would be like 2013. So that was like kind of where I think I stagnated with new music for a while. Okay. Do you think you liked the the other ones as much as this one? I don't think so. I I okay. liked them enough, but they weren't what I wanted from this. But I okay. am now going to go and listen because I can get something different from them right but it looks like i maybe i just wasn't aware of these other ones for a while because mm. beast was their last one on roadrunner so maybe after they left roadrunner and signed to napalm maybe that is why i didn't know them because they just weren't promoted enough or something right which is weird but yeah they have four more records after the one i listened to and i barely remember beast or pray for villains but I do oh, okay. remember Fury of Our Maker's Hand and Last Kind Words. Because mm. they were putting records out every two years for a, for a stretch. Right. I I thought the Heat Seeker charts were like for a band's first record. I thought they usually were. Because Self-Titled went to 17 on, this, on the Heat Seeker charts. And their second record, Fury of Our Maker's Hand, went to number one on the Heat Seeker charts. Oh, wow. And I guess just to give you a rundown while we're here... 
Sure. Uh, the second album went 117 U.S. charts peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, next record went 48. Next record went 35. Next record went 42. Next record went 32. And then 43. And then 172. And then their okay. last record that came out in 2020 did not chart in America. Gotcha. Well, 2020 was a hard year for everybody musically. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. But I'm yeah. I'm going to go listen to more Double Driver. But let's continue this record as sure, yeah. for now. Next track, Meet the Wretched. Yeah, this one lyrically kind of gives me Pantera vibes. Like, let, let's go drink it and fuck shit up. Like, I can see this being huge at a show. Like, just a bunch of drunk dudes screaming along to this song. A bunch of dudes that think they know what moshing is. Yeah, they're the <laughs> dudes that go in into pits trying to hurt people. Crowd killed. Yeah, Crowd killed. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. And then we have the closer, track 12, Devil's yeah. Son. Oh, man, I really needed something more out of this track lyrically. Not my favorite closer ever, although the part with multiple voices going on at the same time was pretty good. This track was also featured in a type of multimedia, not a movie, though, a television show. What? It showed up in the 10th episode of the sixth season of the comedy Scrubs. Really? (laughs) Yes. Honestly, though, when you said it showed up in a TV show, I automatically thought Scrubs. Well, for you to actually confirm it. Kind of surprises the hell out of me. Yep. Yep, sure did. So, um, as you know, as I've said, this album is musically simpler and Des sings in a different style than the rest of Devil Driver. So before I ask you about this album, do you think you'll try any other Devil Driver? Do you think you'll go and try try some more later stuff? Yeah, if if you say he gets a little more himself, like a little more unique in Devil Driver... I would definitely listen. That's hard because this is kind of very unique to Dez. Like this is kind of Dez's vocal style. I think he gets less Dez and more metal vocalist. Okay. Maybe it sounds like it sounds like what you might be into. Yeah. But also this whole record, all I believe all the music was was written by Evan Pitts, the guitarist. Like he did all of it. And then he, he left the band after this record. Oh, okay. So, so I don't know if that is going to influence you listening. Sure. More, but there's plenty of albums out there for you to listen to. I'm not going to bring you another one because okay. this is the yeah, only one no. that means a lot to me. I'll go on and listen to another one, probably for sure, okay. just to see just to see where they ended up going. Are you going to like dive to the next record? Or are you going to dive like four records after? I might go to that one that you mentioned with the owl, only because you mentioned it. Pray for villains. Yeah, I might go to that one because it came to your mind pretty quickly. So maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, I think maybe it was just a time when I was downloading discographies and that was their last record out of the time is maybe okay. that was why it was the last one I listened to. And then I and then I was out of. But then I did listen to Beast. So I did hear Beast, which was the one after that. I'll probably pick one at random. OK, maybe I'll look and see. You know, they always have those lists of like worst to best bands discographies ranked kind of thing. Maybe I'll check that out and see what everybody says their number one is. And I'll give it a look. 
That's fair. So I guess you're going to listen to some more Devil Driver. So I got to ask this question about this album, though. Devil Driver, self-titled, Scott, thrown, own, phone, or grown? This is a th- this is a phone record for me. Like, I'll go back and okay. listen to a couple tracks, my top three, when we get to it. I'll listen to those over again, but there's there's a few that I probably don't need to listen to. That's fair. That's better than I was expecting after this this <laughs> track by track breakdown we had. But no, there's definitely a few it. that I really enjoyed. Uh, but there was a few that I was like, uh, I probably don't need this again. All right, so give me your top three then. Number three, Swinging the Dead. That's my number two. I loved that track. I love just like for real the the sim- cinematic feel of it. Yeah, like was just yeah, that was fun. It, it was fun. It's a fun song. All right, so then what's your what's your number two? My number two is what does it take to be a man? Yeah, you mentioned how much you like that track. You mentioned yeah. how much you like that track. My number three, because Swinging the Dead is my number two. My number three is yeah. Cry for Me Sky because I'm a big fan of that track, which is my number one. Sick. My yeah, number one, my number one is Mountain because Mountain, whenever yeah. I think of this record, that's what comes to my head, and I I just love the. And I guess it's probably because it's more, it's closer to like cold chamber vocals. Okay. Like, I'm building this mountain from outside within all you outsiders. You like, and the way he, that that's the thing for me is Dez's voice has always been his instrument. And okay. I think maybe that's why I fell off of devil drivers because he just became more of a band as opposed to the lead of a, of a band. You know what I mean? Right. I gotcha. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a negative thing, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad it was a phone. I was, I was expecting, worse judging by some of the <laughs> comments i've gotten but I, I still love this record this is probably a throne for me that's how much i love this oh record. okay wow i'm All not right. gonna go and say that it's a it's a perfect album 10 out of 10 because i have some problems with it here and there but yeah other than this record what else are you listening to this week scott we mentioned the band earlier and i went off about them and how much i love them the new coheed and cambria came out uh vaxis yeah, to a window of a waking mind um, yeah, long title. It's it's really good, but it's got some like dancey tracks to it, which kind of threw me off a little bit, like almost house techno okay. sounding a bit. But the highlights far outweigh the uh, the valleys of the of the of the track of the record. Wow, I will manage. Um, we'll manage. Yeah, uh, super good though. I really really enjoyed it, and then I got the translucent blue ice colored vinyl that came in so but no i really really liked it there's a couple songs uh comatose is phenomenal i love that song a lot a lot but yeah super good record what what were you listening to this week my record of the week i've known that this record was coming out for a while i know i've mentioned it to you and how excited i was that it was happening even though i didn't know the other half of who it was but it is the Collab album from Juicy J and Pierre Bourne. Yeah. Space Age Pimpin'. Yeah. And holy shit, do I love <laughs> this record. And it is opening me up a little bit more to current trap music because Pierre Bourne is more of that modern day trap guy. Whereas Juicy is, without a doubt, one of the trap Memphis trap legends. Right. And Pierre Bourne just has that sound that I'm like, you know... I think I can kind of see it like and hmm. Juicy J working with him proves to me that he at the very least appreciates and respects that music. Oh, so yeah. 
one of the guys who was, you know, instrumental in it being huge supports it. I, I, I love this record. Don't get me wrong. I like Juicy's verses a lot more than Pierre Bourne's verses. <laughs> right. Um, Pierre Bourne, I believe, producer, he made beats for Trippy Red, Playboy Cardi, that generation. Oh, like of the, new, the new class of trap? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. And these beats I, are I don't sick. think I've ever heard Pierre Bourne's name before, so. I have not. I had to look into him when I was listening to this record, and I mm. love it. And it's quick. It's all. It's eleven tracks. Like oh, thirty five minutes. Like that's it. Yeah. Like let's go in and out. And it's based off of the eight ball and MJG track Spaceball or Spaceball Space Age Space Age Pimpin. Spaceballs is something completely different. That's a different track. That's a completely <laughs> different. That's a different song. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I I love it. A big big fan. It's probably going to be on rotation for a while because i it's just it's one of those that i just put on a random song i'm like yeah let's go that's good i'm glad you liked it because i know you were looking really forward to that one i was a lot yeah so speaking of looking forward to things what am i looking forward to listening to next week next week is the week before emily's birthday so we're doing an emily record we're We're doing doing a jimmy world we sure are you're getting the record futures this is her favorite record from arguably her favorite band. Yeah. As I've said, I know sweetness. I know the middle. I think that's it. I think it's the only Jimmy Eat world songs. I know those were two bitty pretty though. Those were two pretty big tracks off of uh, the record previous to this one. Yeah. I I, I was a huge sweetness fan. Middle got overplayed. Middle was way it got overplayed. really overplayed. It really did. But a big sweetness fan. So, and I'm, I, I have nothing against Jimmy Eat world. I just never, never dabbled it just wasn't it was always that like outside of what i was listening to like, yeah was like, oh, somebody's listening to that but it's not me yeah they're on the uh softer side of pop punk but uh we listen to this record all the time throughout the entire year it is on constant rotation in emily's car so i know all the songs pretty well so what you're what you're saying is is when I, if I shit all over this thing, it's bad news. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'm not going to tell you it's that, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. There may be a disappointed family member on this side of the screen. It'll be Lucas. <laughs> Lucas loves it too, honestly. We all do. It's a, it's a whole family record. I'm about to tear your family apart. No, I'm not. Here we go. I have no, I have no intentions of hating this record. I'm going to. No, just go into it. Just go into it. I like go into everything you yeah, I go into everything. Yeah, that's Although, if you recall, when I tried going into uh, walking on cars, is that the, yeah. is that the record mm-hmm. for your family? I tried so hard. <laughs> and it didn't fucking pan out for me. It did not pan out for me. So as yeah. long as I don't have that taste in my mouth, we'll be good. Yeah, just go into it looking like any other record I give you. And I will. Uh, other than that, follow us on Twitter at AOLPod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Go tell a professional wrestler. Oh, wrestler. Rest, wrestler works. I don't know why I blank every time. I'm a, I'm bad at improv, apparently. I was going to go. No, you're see, great. Go tell, a, go tell a birthday clown about us. Because Ooh, no, don't tell any clowns about us. We don't birthday clowns. Clown. Yes. No. No, I could go need... put some paint on. I could go put some paint <laughs> on. Birthday Let's do this thing. Speaking of which, I saw a TikTok the other day that said Larry the Cable Guy is evil drag, which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> okay. Because it, 
it's him doing a character. Like that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And and then when he like when Larry the Cable Guy the character is acting in a movie as another fictional character, that's essentially a drag like a drag artist, a drag queen <laughs> doing a character on stage. Like it's insane. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy is evil drag. Yeah, so go tell a professional wrestler about us and not a clown. What about a no, clown professional don't wrestler? Tell the doink. You could isn't don't doink dead? The there were three doinks, and I think two of them are dead. I don't know if the third one is. That's kinda sad. That's a different show. I, um I could care less. Call back. Well <laughs> on that note. Thank you for the episode, Scott. Thank you for the friendship. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, audience. Are you listening? Are you listening? To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. I don't give a shit. I'm about to tear your family apart. Where the cable guy is evil drag. <laughs>